Hi guys, so yeah, my name is Stuart, um, and um, yeah, I've been serving God for about 12 years now. Um, yeah, amazing years, um, and He's done a lot of stuff in my life, um, and that's actually why I'm here this morning. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were here at a course um, about God's, God the Father's heart towards His people, sons and daughters, and I just realized um, Looking at my own life, I came out of a broken home, and I think a lot of people can relate to coming out of broken homes where maybe your father wasn't absent, or he wasn't a good father, or maybe he had a great father, but there's a lot, I think, that our view of God is very, very, many times very twisted, and we don't see God the way that He's actually, He wants us to see Him. So, I'm going to try my best today, through the grace of God that is uh, laid things on my heart. Even last week also I felt that God, um, in our prayer meeting before we started, I felt God, I saw a picture where God stuck his hand into his chest and took his heart out and laid it in, for, in front of us. And I felt that God really wants us as a people to see his heart, how much he cares about each and every one of us, because each and every one of you guys are, are significant. You guys mean so much to God, and He wants you to walk in the fullness of what He's called you to, as a son and as a daughter. So I'm going to touch a little bit today just on a couple of things about orphans. We are not orphans, we are sons and daughters, but we many times we act like orphans. And also just God's heart, um, as He's portrayed through the Word. So we're going to go to Psalm 139 now, and I just want to touch on a couple of stuff, because that Psalm really spoke to me. You know, when I, when I was preparing this, I felt God say, I must speak a lot out of my own heart, out of the experiences that I've had with Him, and how He's shaped my life, and the revelation that I've received from Him as a dad, and the way that I've saw Him for many years, and still do, in a, big, in a big degree. I don't see Him as He wants me to see Him, but I've asked Him, and I think that's where it starts. If we go and we ask God, Lord, yes, my view of you, I know, according to your word, and many people, you know, people around us. Um, we can learn from each other. So I can learn from Ruan or I can learn from, uh, from, from Warren or whatever, the way that they see God. And so we can help each other because in a church body, that's what's so amazing. God put us in a church. So we don't have to do this on our own. We can do this with brothers and sisters and we get built up together. And that's what it's all about. Family. That's why God speaks about it. He's not, he's not just our God. He's our Father. And our Father is something that's it's intimate. It's close to our hearts. It's, it's something that we belong. So I'm not a theologian. Definitely, where's, what's the name? He's in here. Saki's in here. So I'm not a theologian. I'm just speaking out of my experience that I have had from God and out of His Word. Because, guys, one thing I also wanted to say, the Word of God is our plumb line. We, have to, it, we as Christians measure our life to this, to nothing else. Not, not anything the world says or how you should be. This is the plumb line. This is what we should measure our life to. And, it's, and I want to try to say this morning that God is faithful. He's so faithful. He's not a liar. You can trust Him. I've got my own business. I've, had the, I've got the privilege of having my own business. 20 years ago, if you told me I would have my own business, I would laugh. I would probably think you're crazy. I was not a good person. And I got saved into God's family, came to Cape Town, Martinez in the cell, were my community leader, and you can ask, even ask him yesterday, the work that God's done in my life, and I don't want to take <laughs> any credit for it. 
I don't want to take any credit for it because um, it's all God. And he gave me a scripture back then. He said, commit your ways to God and he will make straight your path. And he will. I promise you guys that because he's faithful. Okay, so before I go on, I just wanted to touch a little bit on Psalm 139. It's such an amazing and beautiful Psalm. So I hope I'm going to do it justice. I'm going to speak the way that I see it. Um, So it speaks about God's heart towards us and how he sees us. So I'm going to try to explain to you guys what, from my point of view, God's heart for us. In this Psalm, we can... We can read so much about it. So I'm going to go through it a bit, and then I'll stop and just um, speak on it a bit. Okay. To the choir master, the Psalm of David, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. And just this couple of verses, I mean, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. So it's like God makes it personal. He searched our hearts. He searched us. He goes out and he looks for us. And then he says he knows you. I promise you guys, God knows each and every one of you better than you know yourself. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears, your dreams, your hopes, everything he knows about you. And for me, it, it really gives me a sense of security knowing that God, my Father, the, the God that created everything, He knows me. There's other scripture in the Bible that says about He knows even the hairs. It's something so insignificant. Like if I go, Martinez, I would like to know how much hairs are on your head. I mean, why would God even say that? It's just He makes it so personal for us to say, I even know how many hairs are on your head. Even how many hairs are on your head. That's, that's just ridiculous for me. And then it says, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. So it's, it's something also, it's so insignificant. I don't want to know every time Martinez goes up, stands up and goes and sits down. But God is. He wants to know. And he says he knows every time I rise up and I sit down. You discern my thoughts from afar. So he knows our thoughts. He knows everything we think. That's a, that also gives me comfort. You know, in the, if I can't lie to God. I can try. I can lie to Martinez. I can lie to everybody. But I can't lie to God. That's a beautiful thing. That's the one thing that also gives me security is God knows the condition of my heart. He knows deep in my heart. Yes, Lord, I want to I wanna change. I want to serve you. I want to I wanna be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I've got the privilege that I, I, I'm a father. It's such an amazing thing. Try it. It's really awesome. <laughs> it, it teaches you so much. It teaches you so much about God. It teaches you so much about His heart. It really is amazing. Um, but you know, it teaches us so much about God's heart. You know, when, you, when you're a dad yourself, um, it gives me great, great pleasure. And it makes my heart really glad when my, when my son, let's say Reuben, when he was smaller, he was standing on the bed the one day and Isabella was jumping and jumping and I'm catching her and he's standing and I said, come, but I spring. And he's like, uh-uh. I'm like, look over in his spring. He's bang, I'm going to fall. I said, from I told him, my boy, I'll never let you fall. I'll never let you fall. And it, it actually hurt me a bit that he doesn't, he, he's not trusting me. I'm like, but you don't know me. I will never let you fall. And then eventually, as he, as he starts learning that I won't, he tried it, and then he saw, no, okay, okay daddy's not going to let me fall. So then he started trusting me. And it makes me glad. And I promise you guys, God's heart is that same. He, said, he says in his word, how many times? He says, trust me. Trust me. 
I want you to put your trust in me. Your dad, maybe you, you put your trust in your dad or in friends or in other people or in other things, and they let you down. But God will never let you down. Jesus is his son, and he sent his son for all of us so that we can have a relationship with him. And it's so cool because Jesus says he's the exact. So if you say you don't know God, just look at Jesus' life and his heart. Then you'll know because his word says, I am the exact representative of God the Father. It's my heart. He's the same. All right. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. That is so amazing. Hem me in from, from before and behind. So God says, in a way, he says, nothing that happens in your life doesn't first get filtered through my hands. I don't allow anything to happen to you if I don't give the go-ahead and saying, okay, this can happen. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? Because a father is supposed to be somebody that you can, that protects you. He's your, he's your protector. He protects you. I mean, I will do anything to protect my, car, my, my, my kids, my wife, my family. And we are part of his family. All right. So you hear me in? Okay. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. There's many things in the word that I just can't grasp. It's just too amazing. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. I just want to pause there for a minute. So many times you go through difficult things in your life, and then you wonder, where is God? Why is God with me? In the Psalms, David speaks about it a lot. He's crying out. He's got real issues. God, you need to now come through. You need to come and help me. And then he feels like God is nowhere. But God is always there. He's always there. There's a scripture in his word that says, I will never leave you, and I will never, ever forsake you. And many times God tests us. So in life, he will test us. The Bible is full of tests that God tested people. He tested Jacob. He tested so many other people. He tested. So he's teaching us certain things. It's like when, when, when I have to teach my boy not to take that thing or to leave that thing or whatever, then I, I see if he's going to listen when I tell him, no, then sometimes he does it and it burns him, but he won't do it again. So God also for us many times tests us. So he wants us to read the word and put it into practice. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, blessed. Who, who, who wants to be blessed? I think everybody wants to be blessed. It says, blessed is the man who reads the word, but also puts it into practice. What does it help? We read the Bible, but we never put it into practice. We don't apply it to our lives. We need to apply the word of God to our lives. Okay, let's go on. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it, it very well. And this is for me, it's so beautiful where God is 
explaining to us how he formed us, you know. And he, he formed every single part of us. He, for, he formed our, our understanding. He formed our personalities. He formed the way that we look. Um, and I felt, you know, in this whole psalm, it's, um, it's a lot about what God, the lengths that God would go to. Yeah, almost in a way, David's trying to explain that I, I, I can't run from your presence. I can't hide. doesn't matter where I go. Even if I go down to the pits of hell, even there, you will guide me. You will, you will lead me. When I try to hide away, we, we can't hide away from God. And the thing is, what I'm also trying, what I feel is that when we are fearful and when we feel that God is not there, when we are looking for Him in places and we seemingly can't find Him, the enemy tells us, no, you know, you're alone. You see, you did this and this and this and this, and God's, uh, God doesn't love you anymore. He doesn't want to, He's not going to come through for you. And it's just lies. It's lies that the enemy comes and tries to tell us that we are not good enough, that we are bad, all these types of things. The other thing I just wanted to touch on, Nana, also is a little bit is, is our identity, because identity is massively important. Let's just quickly finish this part. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. And that, that thing also, that, that last bit, I'm only going to read till there, says, your thoughts towards us, O God, are vast. And there's the other, in other translation, it says every single one of them are praising worthy. It's like God thinks the best of us. There's not one bad thought that, that, that God has, has, has for us. Everything, all his thoughts towards us are, are amazing. And that's what I want to try to portray to you guys this morning. That I want to speak to individuals, people's hearts, because God told me this morning, or in this leading up, he, he asked me, in my life, the way that I saw myself and still see myself in a big degree is not the way that God sees me. And I feel that there's many people here that don't see them the way that God wants us to see ourselves and also to see Him. So firstly, it's a two-way two street. It's almost in a way, God wants us to show us the way that He sees us first, and secondly, that he wants us to see him the way he is, that he's a loving, caring, personal God. And not just a God, he's our father. He's our father. So fatherhood is something so, so important. Because in a family, God created family. So he created a man to be a husband, a wife to be a mother. And that forms a family, it forms a bond. Just like God says, so many people are going through life with orphan spirits. So in this, this DVD that we watched, this, this is something else that I also wanted to mention. If you guys want to do yourself a favor, go check out this, this DVD called Show Me the Father. It's from the Kenridge Brothers. It's really amazing. I think every, every man, every girl needs to go see it because it portrays God's heart so beautifully. And it really touched my heart. It really did something in me. And this is also why I'm standing here because I saw th massive areas in my life that was wrong. The way that I saw God. Even I've, I think there's many Christians in church today serving Jesus, serving God, but they are, they're orphans. 
There's this book that I read. I still want to read it actually again. I can't even remember who I gave it to. I gave it to somebody. So if you maybe have this book, please give it back. <laughs> it's from Jack Frost. It's called um, Spiritual Sonship to Spiritual Sla- Spiritual Sonship to Spiritual Slavery or Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. That's it. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good, guys. It speaks about us as an orphan spirit coming into the kingdom of God, regardless of what your childhood was like, your father and everything. But God adopts us in, adopts us in. In this, in this DVD that we watched, there's this couple, um, one of the Kendridge brothers, sitting in an airplane, and he's, he's, he's reading some scripture, and God speaks to his heart. He says, not audibly, but like he knows that God's speaking to him. You know, like sometimes when you hear that still small voice, but it's so loud, actually. It's not a still small voice, but it's not audible. You just feel like a deep emotion, and there's a thought that pops into your head that, da da and you know this is God. You can't, you can't uh, deny it. You know this is God. And he sp- speaks to him about adoption. And he writes the date and everything down in the book. And years, two years later, they're going through the whole process because there were a lot of forms that they had to fill in. But a long story short, he gets like four referrals from these, from these adoption agencies. And every time they see that, they open up the thing to look at this child that they want to adopt. They just don't have peace. He's got this heaviness that comes over him, and he just feels like this is wrong. And he's starting to doubt, you know, what are, what are people going to think about me? You know, why, why do I every time have this thing against this, this child? Why, what's wrong? And he says it's be, it became so hard. He said, Lord, what's going on? And then um, the, fifth, the fifth referral that he got, and he opened it up. Him and his wife saw this little girl, and she had a, a problem with her heart. But when they looked at the photo, they felt, yes, they just felt peace. And they decided, no, they're going to go for this. And through the whole process, his wife asked him, what is the date? Because when they got to, to Japan or China, I can't remember where they went to go get her. Um, she was born on the 2nd of, of February. No, the 14th of February. And the date that God spoke to him was the 14th of February when he was sitting in that plane. So it was the day she was born, God spoke to her, spoke to him about adopting this baby. And the whole process that they went through, the way that they explained, she not knowing that they love, they're going to love her and care about her so deeply. And she was afraid, and she didn't know where she was going. And I feel God showed me many times we feel like that, coming into God's kingdom. We're not sure. We don't know who this person is. But God's heart for us is so, so good. He wants us. He draws us in. He comes and tells us who we are through the scriptures, through adding yourself to a church, um, seeing God. You know, in my life, yesterday, I was a drug addict. I was drinking. I slept around. I did all the wrong things. My life fell apart. I didn't have a great uh, family time in a way. My dad left us when I was about six or seven years old. Remember still my dad driving out the, the um, driveway, driving down the, the road, and I'm running after him, screaming, Daddy, Daddy, don't go. And it broke my mom, and my mom had all this verantwoordelijkheid um, and stuff that she had to do. But it, it did something to me. It did something deep in me. It, it, you know, and later my dad got cancer, and many times when I went to him after that, it wasn't, it was, there was just that connection wasn't there anymore, that he was my, my dad, dad. You know, it was my dad and everything, but 
There was something wrong. And I brought all of that almost in a way into me being saved and everything. And you know, just in, in this, this DVD that we watched, it really, it really did something to me. Because I, I think, you know, I wrote down here, it says here, God, God's word is the plumb line in our life. Yeah? And then it's, it says here, one of the greatest needs God has put into the heart of every human being is for a father. Every human being needs a father. Every human being needs security, needs to know that they belong, they, that, that, they, that they're important, that they are cared for, that every human being, it's a, it's a deep need that God put in every one of our hearts. And God wants to fill that thing. It's almost like there's a hole in your heart, and only God can fill that hole. Kala preached many times about great guys like um, um, that guy that sang. I mean, a lot of the guys that sang. It's amazing musicians. It's got everything, money, fame, just everything. But they die miserable lives because they don't have God in their lives. They, don't, they, they haven't come full circle yet. Um, yeah, so the other thing that I just wanted to touch on quickly is identity. Identity is such an important thing. So, yeah, I just want to quickly open my phone. I wrote and I had to Google. Google is amazing. You can Google a lot of things. So I think for every person, identity means something. And there's, there's actually, a, I don't even know, it looks like, there, looks like there, there's a lot of different types of identities that you get. Um, but the identity that, <laughs> that I, I'm after is the way that we see ourselves. Who, who am I? Many people go through life, especially I think when you're a teenager, you want to know, who, who, where do I fit in? Who am I? It says here, in psychology, the term identity, in commas, is most commonly used to describe personal identity or the distinctive qualities or traits that make an individual unique. So I don't know if you guys have realized, but in in, in, in the world out there, there's so many things that tries to tell you who you are. I mean, there's even a, a shop that's called Identity. <laughs> if you wear those clothes, it's going to give you your identity. You're going to tell you who you are because of the clothes that you wear. No, that's wrong. Or I think for us as men, many times we find our identity in what we do. We throw ourselves into our work. I have to work myself up. That's going to give my identity. If I'm this guy... If I hold this position at work or whatever, that gives me identity. No, it's wrong. Your identity can't be found in those things. Your identity cannot be found in that. Or the girl that I'm going out with, she's popular, she's not. No, I'm going to go out with this girl, she's going to give me identity. No, it's wrong. Because what happens when those things get taken away? And you fall flat on your face. You do. Our identity is not supposed to be in any of those things. Our identity must be in Jesus. That's our foundation, is God. Now, I felt God say, he wants me to speak about him. We, we, we honor Jesus, and Jesus is the son of God, and he came and he died for us. But I think many times we miss God the Father's heart. We miss his heart. And I felt today he wants to speak to us. He wants to show us his heart. His heart. He demonstrated his love through Jesus coming dying for us, living that life 
And all that Jesus did all the time was, show, was showing us God's heart. He said he did nothing that the Father didn't tell him to do, nothing. Everything he did, every person he healed, the way he showed his humility, everything was exactly God's heart. God's also, in the Old Testament, you can see how God's a, you mustn't think he's a pushover. He's definitely not a pushover. But the way he loves is reckless. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so deep. It's so amazing. So it says here, identities are strongly associated with self-concept, self-image. I struggled big time with self-image. One's mental model of oneself, self-esteem, and our individuality. My wife is such an amazing example. Uh, she also, her identity was, because she's deaf, she struggled big time when she was younger, when she came into the kingdom of God, and God did a work in her, showing her who she was, because she felt that she will never get married, because who wants to marry somebody that's deaf? Um, she had to cover her, uh, uh, her ears all the time, well, not her ears, but the her apparatus, I don't know what you call it in English, her apparatus. <laughs> She had to cover those things because she was fearful of what people might think of her. But through the love of God and people speaking into her life and helping her, she proclaimed truth over her life. And I think that's many times what we should do. Because the devil lies to you. I want you guys, you know, my business name is Faith Works. I've many times thought to myself, oh, Lord, why did, you, why did you let me choose this name Faith Works? Because God has tested me in faith like yesterday, many, many, many times. And he says in his word, we can't please him without faith. And what I said earlier, that God wants us to trust him. Many times God will put something out there for us to go after, but he wants us to trust him for that thing. He wants us to put our faith not in our ability or in somebody else's ability or in this ability, in him. That he will do what he said he will do. And it's, many times it's not according to the way that we see it must happen. You know how many times God has come through for me, guys, in my business? <laughs> I, don't have a per, I don't have a permanent job, if I can put it like that. I don't have a set salary. Every month I have to trust God that he's going to bring the work in, that he's going to provide for us financially, and all that type of stuff. And every single month God's done it even when I was not faithful. That's the biggest thing. So I also want you guys to understand this. God wants us to be faithful, definitely. No, no even two thoughts about it. But we are not. That's the thing. Because we are sinful people, full of sin, fraud. Every single one of you, sorry, don't want to offend anybody, but everyone here is fraud. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs a loving dad. And we have that. It's not like, mm, you know, Maybe I'll find one. God is that. He is a loving, loving, loving Father. All we need to do is just believe it. And God's taught me. He's taught me how to trust Him. Because I've been put in situations where I don't have any other choice but to trust Him. I have to trust Him. So for me, it's, it's simple. For other people, it might not be simple. My wife was also taught me. I think to a certain degree, I've got a... I've got a little bit of a gift of faith, so it's easy for me to trust God, but for Linky, it's not. So I've also learned that I can't project my understanding of how I see things or I understand the Word of God in specific things that I can project it onto her. So she told me it's hard for her to trust God. 
But for me, it's it's simple as this. It's it's a choice. So the other day also I found out that, well, so I think it was at that course, um, in Genesis when um, Adam and Eve were there, and Eve got deceived. But Adam had a choice. He knew that was right, right or wrong, but he chose to go with Eve. Eve was deceived, but we, we have a choice. So in faith, for me, it was simple. It was like, this is what God's word says. He says he will never leave me. I am for you. He's told me many times that in, in, in your business, you're going to go through difficult times. You're going to go through financial stress and worry. But he said, don't worry. I'm with you. But you have to believe. You have to trust me. So I, sometimes I wake up in the morning and it feels like this heavy weight on my chest thinking, oh, my word, Lord, how am I going to pay this? What am, how am I going to do this? And it's this fear. It's almost like this crippling fear that comes over me. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I'm going to proclaim the word of God over my life. And I've started doing it. And even preparing for this this morning, I was standing still there. And I've got this fearfulness that comes over me. And I thought to myself, no. Lord, I'm going to stand here and trust you. I'm going to try my best in my ability that you've given me. Because every single one of you guys, every single one has a story to tell. You know that. A unique story that's only put, put portrayed for you. That's only written by you. And God wants to use every single one of your stories to draw people into the kingdom of God. I'm a representative of Jesus, of the kingdom of God. Every single one of you guys are representatives. Out there in the world, we represent God in the way that we do things, the way that we act. And this is, this is our manual. And God reassures us in this. And we have the Holy Spirit that comes alongside us. And we have the church. God has given us everything to live a godly life. Everything. We don't, have an, we don't have an excuse. He's given us everything to live a godly life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I, you know what I feel? If we really know who God is, if we really know who He is, and he, he wants you to know who He is, He wants you to know. Actually, we were praying earlier, and I felt God say, more than anything that He we want to meet with God today. God wants to meet with us. His heart for us is so, so amazing. Yeah, so the last thing I just wanted to touch on is, is that orphan spirit. So we don't have an orphan spirit, guys. We have been adopted into God's family, an amazing family with the best father, that you can ever hope for. If you didn't have a good father, God wants to be your father. And I want to challenge each and every one of you this morning. If you've come out of a broken home, or even not, if you feel in your heart that your view of your godly father is not the way it's supposed to be, you're struggling to trust him, you don't see certain things happening in your life, um, you're struggling with your relationship, with your marriage, Whatever it might be, God wants to restore you today. He wants to come and show you his heart. He wants to be your daddy. The father that he's, he's always wanted to be to each and every one of us.
You can be 80 years old. You can be 16 years old. It doesn't matter. Me standing here, I need a dad. I still don't have the correct view, but I believe and trust that God will come and show me because he loves me. And that's the biggest thing for me. My, my child, that's, that's why I said try it. Get, get, first get married, obviously, but have kids. <laughs> because it really, it shows you a, an amazing view. You learn so much about God's heart. I need to let my child sometimes do things on his own so that he can learn. And so God does the same. And he's spoken to me a lot about that in the way that I love my kids and lead my kids. And I, the thing is, we as fathers, it's the last thing, we as fathers have a responsibility to know God's heart because we are the representatives to our families. We have to be, a, we have to be that father that God is for us. We have to be to, to our wives and our children. You know, we first love God, then we love our wives, then we love our kids, and then everything else comes after that. And with the identity thing also, many times uh, a man's identity is in his work. He places that above everything, and that's wrong. And then it's your wife, and then it's God, or maybe then it's God, and then your wife. But your job takes always preference. You every, and this is not the, this is not condemning. I know I struggle with it a little bit, commitment. But we'll go to work every single day because we need to get paid. But we can't come to church every Sunday. But God is the one that gives us the work. God is the one that helps us to be able to go to work. He gives us strength to do all those things. But we can't come to church. And it's not, it's not to be condemning, not at all, guys. Okay. Amen. Amen. Cool. So I want to pray for us quickly. And then afterwards, I think as as there's just a song that I want us to sing afterwards. It's an amazing song that God's spoken to me. And I just, I really want to challenge you guys. Open up your hearts this morning to God. and Ask God to come and show you who He is. Because I know He wants to do it. All right, guys. Everybody, please stand. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were obedient to your Father that sent you to die for us and that you lived this amazing life on earth, Lord, showing us the Father's heart. Thank you for that. Father, I want to honor you this morning for the dad that you are and that you want to be, your desire for to be so part of our lives and that I think many times we, we don't see it in that way because of the, the hurt that we've maybe picked up. And Father, I want to trust this morning that you will come and remove those hurts, those pains, those things, the disillusionment of who you really truly are, that you're not a God that all, that's just there to try to punish us for when we do something wrong, but you are loving and kind and good and faithful and true and you're constant, and that you're always there. When we fall and we, br and we hurt our knees, you're there to pick us up and, and bring us back to healing, Lord. We love you so much, Father. Come and have your way.